It's been a full week since the regular season ended and Brian Flores still hasn't gotten a single interview request. What's up with that? Welcome to the Lockdown Vikings Podcast. You like it? Three, one, two, three. You, like it? you are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, hi, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, where we're always trying to learn something new. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you so much to those of you who listen to this show every single day. My hashtag everydayers, please reach out, please talk to me. Uh, love hearing from you guys. If you're new to this show, hello and welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast. I am your host. My name is Luke. I love you. Hello. Welcome. You can find the show wherever you find your favorite podcasts, whether it is anywhere where you listen to audio podcasts, like the SiriusXM app. And if you search out a team on SiriusXM, you can find hometown broadcasts of that team, whether it is the Timberwolves or the Wild or other NFL teams. If you want to you know, listen to the home broadcast for the Buffalo Bills against the, the Pittsburgh Steelers or anything like that, you can find that as well. You can also find this show on YouTube or Amazon Fire and Roku. Just download the Lockdown Minnesota Sports app. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for 20 bucks off of your first purchase. So I want to do a little Brian Flores talk today. Uh, as we are now a full week out from the end of the season, looking at like head coach trackers, I'm looking at the one CBS has aggregated. So if they missed anything, that means I missed it. My apologies. But looking at the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, uh, openings that are still uh, actually open, all of them except for the Raiders have basically requested the list of people they're going to request, right? Or, inter- or or have at least like announced an interview for the people they're going to announce. And they, they've all cast some pretty wide nets. I remember the Vikings net was like not nearly that wide. Only the Raiders remain as a team that has not really like gotten on this. And they have this thing going on with Antonio Pierce that it kind of feels like they have to decide what they want to do there. Uh, so it makes sense that their process is like weirdly delayed by that. It's kind of an odd situation when you have the interim head coach that like really should get the job, but how, how much due diligence do you do? And he's also interviewing for other jobs. It's like weird. Uh, but looking at the other um candidates. And and we'll go through each of these teams. The Falcons, the Patriots already hired Gerard Mayo, obviously, so they're out of it. The But you have the Falcons, the Panthers, the Seahawks, the Commanders, the Chargers, and the Titans all could possibly hire Brian Flores. None of them have reached out to Brian Flores. What up with that? <laughs> and I, I think you can probably posit a few theories, right? So what I want to do is look at the other candidates and see which of these theories hold water. Because if you say, ah, well, they don't want a defensive coach. I got news for you about the, some of these interview lists are like exclusively defensive guys, but not this defensive guy. So we could talk about maybe people aren't as enamored with the Flores defense as we would have thought because of what happened at the end of, of the season. We could say maybe it's about none of that. It's all just about the lawsuit he has with Miami. And we can rehash that a little bit because I, I think it's been a while. Maybe we could refresh on that. Uh, or maybe there's something else going on. So I don't know. Let's just talk this out and see how we feel and see how we feel about Brian Flores staying in the first place. I know 
in the middle of the the last couple games of the Vikings season, people weren't particularly happy with him. And I have people telling me on Twitter, ah, what if we fired Brian Flores, which I think is a little reactionary, but at least worth discussing, right? Uh, you know, we'll give it to time of day. Uh, so let's move on. Let's, let's start with the, the coaching lists that we have so far. So if you look at the Atlanta Falcons, I like, I'm fascinated by this. They have requested interviews for nine people. And I got to think that that's about it, right? Like that, that they're going to have their nine people and you're not going to have like a weird interview request that comes out later. Like it's one thing for more interview requests to come out for like teams that lost in the playoffs. You know, like if you want to talk to Dan Quinn, which is not on the, the Falcons list. Uh, he is on the Panthers list, though, but maybe they wanted to wait until the Cowboys were done in the playoffs. Now that the Cowboys have lost, you know, maybe now more interviews will happen. And th- there could also be other openings. If you go look at the goal and locked on Cowboys, I wonder what they're talking about. I haven't yet, but I'm going to. Uh, I wonder what they're thinking about Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn right now. Um and maybe there's an opening to that that's going to come there, right? Like, sometimes that happens. Um, but of the nine people that have been requested, I'll say so far, from the Falcons, two of them are offensive guys. Uh, ben Johnson and Brian Callahan. The rest of them, Aaron Glenn, Ejiro Evero, Steve Wilkes, Anthony Weaver, Antonio Pierce himself is a defensive guy. Um, if you look at the Panthers list, right... They have a few people. I mean, Chris Tabor obviously did the job for them in a uh, for the rest of the season, but they still have their fair share of defensive guys. Evero again, Mike McDonald, Dan Quinn, um, but they have more offensive guys. Seattle again, like a whole bunch of defensive guys. Dan Quinn, Raheem Morris, Aaron Glenn again. Um, also Ben Johnson for the Commanders. They've also requested Bobby Slowick. If you look at this, it's like. Being a defensive guy has not been a problem. Aaron Glenn has been requested by like everybody, right? Mike McDonald, Ravens DC, requested by a whole bunch of people. Leslie Frazier, requested by the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, Raheem Morris is everywhere. Patrick Graham again. Like a lot of the same names from when the Vikings did this a couple years ago that are still out there on the market. So being a defensive guy, while it's harder for defensive guys to get that job, right? Um, and there are fewer defensive coaches, head coaches in in the league. Uh, it doesn't seem to be a concern of these teams that are looking for a, uh, something. Right, like they they're either going for plenty of offense or plenty of defense. Or I guess in the Falcons' case, they like really want a defensive guy. Uh, so that tells me that these teams do not want Brian Flores, and they don't want Brian Flores specifically. Whether that is because they are disenchanted by the cool scheme that seemed to kind of be a flash in the pan and then get figured out. Um, you know, they don't want to be the team that adopts the Wildcat the year after the Wildcat was good, you know? I kind of get it. Uh, so maybe that's it. But I feel like that's overly charitable to the NFL and and the way that these coaching cycles tend to go. Um, you know, OCs have a better shot than DCs. And... OCs are usually quarterback coaches. Like they're very classically come through the ranks of being a quarterback's coach before they're the OC. And quarterback's coaches are of a certain ilk, we'll say. I mean, I I don't want to get too deep into that, but considering that 
Uh, Brian Flores has like a race based lawsuit that is like possibly blackballing from the league. It does feel relevant to discuss that's kind of his point. Uh, that said, it it won't be very easy to argue that that, you know, Brian Flores is being blackballed on the on the case of his race. Like if you look at the Chargers list, Aaron Glenn, Patrick Graham, uh, Leslie Frazier, like there's, you know, Antonio Pierce all over this. Like there's plenty of black defensive coaches that are getting this opportunity right now, but none of them are Brian Flores. So it doesn't seem like that's what's going on in this particular case. Right. And, and there are more than the requisite two for like a Rooney rule in all of these as well, which I feel like bears mentioning, uh, Raheem Morris, is another one, Ejiro Evero, uh, like there's more than just the token. Uh, I, I think a lot about, um, Denny Green's autobiography. Actually, for the video viewers, I'll, I'll put it up now. There you go. Watch on YouTube so that you can see that I changed the book that's behind me. Um, but in, in Denny Green's autobiography, the, the insane one that he post that he, that he published in the middle of the 1997 season, which is just like a wild thing to do, by the way. What a fun story. What a fun time it must have been to be a journalist because he like went at journalists pretty hard in it too. But part of what he did was he recounted the story of him getting hired for the Vikings and. At that time, the Vikings were like very much expected to go with Pete Carroll and Denny Green got the call and thought that this was just going to be a Rooney Rule thing. And it turned out it was way more serious than that. He ended up getting the job. Uh, but I, I, it doesn't seem like that's what's happening here because these teams are doing more than the bare minimum, which is a good thing. Uh, but it is continually perplexing, right? What's wrong with Brian Flores? What changed between last year when he was getting head coach interviews, and this year. So, I don't know, let's keep investigating. Today's episode of Lockdown Vikings is brought to you by Game Time, the best place to find last-minute tickets. And buying tickets to any event can be a really frustrating experience from waiting in a big, long line to get tickets, or if, if you didn't get in early enough, you got to deal with huge markups, and then you get a ticket and you're stuck behind a pole or something like that. Like, there's all kinds of stuff that can go wrong. Game Time wants to help you out with that stuff. So how about this? How about you get to see a picture of your view so you know that you're satisfied with it? And how about their zone deals where you just pick the section and then Game Time picks the seats for you for big-time savings and flash deals and sponsor deals and stuff so that you can find an actually good deal on these seats. And they kind of specialize in last minute stuff, even going up to an hour into the event itself. You can still get tickets if you go, you know, I actually did want to go to that game. And I know it's just the first quarter we can make it. Let's go watch the last of it, right? So head on over to the Game Time app and, and or GameTime.co, C-O, not, not com. And create an account and use code LOCKEDON for 20 bucks off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Today's episode is also brought to you by Jace Medical, and in particular, their Jace case, which comes with five life-saving antibiotics that can be crucial for you to have on hand in an emergency or just for like quality of life, because sometimes it can be a huge pain to get certain prescriptions filled if there's a supply chain issue or if you just live somewhere where it's difficult to get to a pharmacy and it's inconvenient and you get something that's like pretty common, like a, like a UTI or a skin infection or something like that. Those antibiotics can be super clutch to have around. There's no reason not to be prepared for you and your loved ones. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to get $20 off of your order. That's jacemedical, J-A-S-E, medical.com. Offer code LOCKEDON to get 20 bucks off of your order. 
Thanks so much for making Lockdown Vikings your first listen of the day. Uh, after you're done with this, I would love it if you went to uh, patreon.com slash NFL. And you can find there, if you're starting to get interested in the draft quarterbacks, I've done two of them so far. I think I'm probably going to kick up Jaden Daniels here soon. But I've done Caleb Williams and Michael Penix. If you're interested in those guys and what I think of those guys or, or just learning more about those guys because I try not to have too, cra- too like takey of opinions on there. Like Here's just a bunch of information. You decide where you put them on your board on that. Um, so if you're interested in that kind of thing and some film and a little bit more of a nuanced take than what you're going to get from the, the the draft analysts and the people you'll see on ESPN on draft day, go check it out. Patreon.com slash NFL. I would greatly appreciate it. Patreon is donation only uh, during this like quarterback part of this, by the way. So it's all free to watch. You can watch it all you want. And I would appreciate your support if you choose to. Uh, moving on here. Okay. So we're stumped, right? With, with Brian Flores. It's, it's not because he's defensive. I don't think it's a race thing. I honestly think it's Brian Flores specifically. What is the deal with Brian Flores specifically? Um, Earlier in the season, if you rewind six weeks from today, right? After they shut out, that's about about when they shut out Vegas. We're going, my goodness, there's no way this dude is staying, right? Like nobody in their right mind back then was saying that Brian Flores was going to stay in Minnesota. Which, by the way, NFL, week to week league. I've <laughs> been making this point on Twitter a lot. Uh, when we get into the, the, the ebbs and flows of a, of, of a week to week league like the NFL, we can get a little bit crazy, right? I, I think we've all said, so, some of us may have said some things we regret about Joe Flacco. <laughs> Maybe we should have chilled out on that a little bit. It's okay to be a little later with your take. Uh, that said... I fell for it too, right? Like, I mean, come on. He just shut out. He just shut out an NFL team and won a game three to zero. Like, this is like some Big Ten nonsense. This looks like watching a service academy game. What just happened here? And it was so unfathomable to think that we would be sitting here six weeks from now. And not only would we kind of know that Flores isn't going to get a head coaching job, Raiders notwithstanding, which, by the way, they did have a front row seat to the best performance of the year. So, not going to put that out of the question yet, although I, I do kind of think that they're on a crash course to just hiring Antonio Pearson being done with it. Um, but, you know, not out of the weeds yet, but I mean, we're looking like pretty likely for Brian Flores to not be a head coach in 2024. What happened here? And I mean, you have to look at what occurred in the literal next game and all of the games after that to that defense. Like I said, this was a flash in the pan. Clear and simple. I mean, it had a great 10-week stretch, and then it fell apart. So why did it fall apart? So again, Patreon.com slash NFL. I have a Brian Flores' defense broken down, um, kind of a tutorial for it, for the fan level, that tells you um, everything that happened in it, from how they constructed their pressures to the philosophies of personnel and um, the the fronts that they used, the way that they aligned and all that in there. Um, and essentially the idea of the Brian Flores defense, you saw it all year, was to blitz at high volume and find a way to get away with that. In the last three games, you kind of saw what happens when you can't get away with it on the back end, right? Uh, and, and I think, honestly, the, the Chargers game earlier in the season was a great example of what happens when you blitz a whole bunch, they blitz 80% in a game, but you can't get away with it on the back end, right? You can send a ton of pressure, you can have Justin Herbert under pressure with free rushers all day long, but if you can't get away with it on the back end, they're just going to fry you, right? You get 400 yards passing, 200 yards for Keenan Allen, it's a disaster because they were playing press man, and they didn't have the horses for that. 
Um, you need good corners to play press man. And they did not have the dudes that could do that. Byron Murphy was doing fine. Everybody else was, and Murphy wasn't having the best game. He was getting dusted by Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen's a good player. I get it. But you know, they didn't, they didn't have the dudes to do, to, to do that. Right. And, and the corners played their best games when they didn't have to play press man, which is the adjustment that Brian Flores made. Um, if you want to see an adjustment, you know, you want to see, oh, defense isn't working. We got to change something. Look at the difference in the way that the defense played from week three to week four. After that Chargers game happened, they changed the way that they cover a lot. And they used a lot more of the zone defense coverages behind it, which is the Flores defense's gimmick. This is, this is what made it different, was that they did zone coverage behind instead of what everybody else does when they blitz, is they play man-to-man. Where you go, all right, we're sending six. You might have five eligible receivers. Okay, we've got, you know, this is a cover zero blitz. We're sending six, and we've got five guys in single coverage man-to-man. And our corners just have to hold up, but hopefully a free rusher is getting there so that we don't have to get up. We, we don't have to hold it up for long, right? Um, that is the usual way to blitz. And it's super, super risky. One guy gets beat off the release, and it can be a huge touchdown. Like, um, I saw, the I didn't see a lot of the Saturday games, the Packers or the Lions game, but I did see the Puka Nakua long touchdown where he, like, just wins off the release, and there's just no help. It's just over, Right. Uh, that's the kind of thing that can happen. I didn't even see if, if the Lions blitzed on that play, but that's the kind of thing that you're worried about, right? Where one bad step on a release means touchdown when you send this blitz. It's a risky thing. But if you're playing a soft zone behind it and the punish is you got a short catch for six yards, it's like, okay, either our blitz gets home for a sack or you get a completion for six yards. The defense is winning that trade-off because the, the, the outcomes that favor the defense are more extreme, Right. Uh, you know, if, if we win, we get home once we get a sack and we don't get home twice, you get two, six yard completions and a sack. Guess what? There's a good chance, depending on the order that that wasn't a first down. That's the philosophy, right? That's what we're dealing with. It was really cool for a while until teams realized that if we know that you're going to blitz 57% of the time on us, which is, I think was around where the average ended up. Um, then we are going to call coverages that specifically attack the zones. We know you use a lot. And so if, if we are in a place where, where we kind of know Brian Flores will be back, that problem needs to get fixed or we need to move off of this, um, this weird gimmicky scheme and go run something more normal, which the latter option is like very unfun. <laughs> so I, I, I hope they don't do that just selfishly because that doesn't just doesn't sound as fun to watch. But I also kind of feel like, man, like you kind of you installed something here. And you went gung ho down an unpaved road. I feel like you still have to just kind of keep hacking away with that machete through the through the thick underbrush and find a path, right? I I, I don't think that you can say, all right, we'll just run man match cover seven. Like you're not just install a new thing. I think the 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 easier way forward is to identify the problems and solve them rather than nuke the whole thing and start over. Um, so what those solutions can be is very interesting, but that still might not be the issue. It might be the lawsuit. So we got a couple things left to discuss here on Lockdown Vikings. Today's episode of Lockdown Vikings is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Look, the playoffs can be kind of a bummer when your favorite team is not in them. So how about get a little bit of action on them, on, on these games? Have a little bit of fun on the side while you uh, potentially emotionally hedge, right? Packers are nine and a half point underdogs at FanDuel, at least as I'm looking at it right now, uh, against the 49ers in divisional round. Why don't you just take that Packer money line, right? Either the Packers lose, we're happy. 
Packers win, you get a huge money line. Seems pretty good to me. And if you put five bucks on that money line bet or any bet, if you're new, you can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed. That means win or lose, you can get $150 back for any $5 bet for new customers. All you got to do is go to fanduel.com slash locked on and place any bet. It can be that Packers money line emotional hedge, which I fully support. Uh, or it, it can be something else, right? You can go bet against the Packers and go all in on that and say, I can't gamble on the Packers. That's totally fair. That's all you. Whatever it is, put five bucks down on it, get $150 back in bonus bets. Fanduel.com slash locked on. Fanduel, official partner of the NFL. All right, let's move on here with this Locked On Vikings episode. So here's the solutions that I think that, that well, that might be a whole show, but, but really quickly, I, I think the Vikings could do well to have a little more diversity in their, their five and six man coverages. I think one of the biggest issues the Vikings dealt with was in particular their six man coverages. So when they send five, which out of base, when you're in that three, four base that the Vikings spent, I think two thirds of the season in, Sometimes they'd be a 4-3 team, depended on the on the team they were going against. Um, but when they were decided to be a 3-4 team, there's five your base package is five guys on the line of scrimmage. And they would do that a lot against teams that were 12 personnel heavy or 21 personnel heavy, which is to say bigger guys, right? Fullbacks, tight ends. So you're going to be in your base against fullbacks and tight ends more often. So this, this five-man rush thing happens a lot because the alternative to it is getting into your base package and then having like DJ Wanham in coverage, right? Um, so you're rushing five a lot in this defense. You're just naturally going to be coaxed into it. And there, they had two coverages with six men. I, I think you can be more complex than that. Uh, and I think you can install more stuff than that. I mean, obviously the idea is for those five people to get home, right? But it was kind of the worst place to be. Because those five people could be picked up fairly easily, especially if a running back is staying in coverage. Um... And because the Vikings can't win any one-on-ones, you can kind of get a guy on a guy. You can get a hat on a hat, like, pretty easy. Um, but you can also get a guy open pretty easy when it's vanilla cover two or vanilla two deep, four under, right? This is a cover two shell with four underneath zones. That, so it's like the cover three underneath zones and the cover two zones deep, kind of stapled together. That's the way I like to think about it. And there's a lot of holes in that. And it's a lot of landmark zone dropping. You can just kind of carve that up. Jared Goff had two field days on that against the Vikings. So did Jordan Love at the end of the season. Um, similar problems with their three deep, three under, which is a little bit is kind of their cover through their middle field closed version of this. Three guys deep, three underneath zones like it's quarters. Um, and again, a lot of opportunities up the seams, a lot of opportunities with the flats. And... Those are the only two things. So if you're preparing for the Vikings, you go, all right, if five guys are coming, they're going to be in a zone coverage behind it, like kind of always. And I feel like they set up that expectation in a very, like they got predictable there. And when you get predictable, subverting that tendency gets really, really powerful. And I don't think that they had that counterpunch ready. So if we're going to optimize this, I think diversity in coverages in five and six man is like a big thing. This is a big suggestion that I have. Uh, and, and perhaps being able to live with a little bit more speed on the field, finding a way to live with a little more speed on the field without going into the getting run on like crazy thing that happened in that Eagles game. Um, difficult problem to solve. I'm not, I'm not sure I have a great suggestion about that, but I do want to revisit it another time because it's interesting, but 
Okay, so let's say we're happy with Brian Flores staying because we trust him to, to crack that nut, to, to untangle that puzzle. I think that's a sensible take. Uh, what about this lawsuit, right? How much longer can we expect Brian Flores to, to stay in Minnesota? Because we know he's going to take a head coaching job eventually. I think we're all at peace with that. And by the way, for those who are unaware, if this does play out the way it looks like it's playing out right now and Brian Flores does stay, which again, it's an if. We're not out of the woods by any means, right? It's not over. But uh, if he does end up staying, he now qualifies for compensatory picks if he gets hired to be a head coach somewhere else by the like minority developmental rule thing that the, that the NFL has. If Brian Flores gets hired next year or any year thereafter from the Vikings, uh, he will net the, Vi the Vikings will just get two third round compensatory picks. So hooray. Great stuff. Uh, also kind of gives them an incentive not to fire Brian Flores. Uh, if, you know, in, in, on a whim when the defense has a bad game or something like that. Obviously, I, I think that's a small consideration when you're going, man, this defense isn't working and we need to reset everything. But hey, you know, it's it's an extra anti-incentive to give them a little bit of a longer leash uh, in those situations. And I, I think that's kind of why the rule was designed that way to like give minority coaches like a, a longer leash. Um, but I, I digress. The point is there's this lawsuit, right? And the lawsuit is something the NFL doesn't want me to talk about, so I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> the, the There's a very good write-up on the Wide Left Substack from Arif Hassan about it, uh, which I will plug because now I write there. And only for that reason. All right, Arif? Uh, <laughs> but there, there's a good write-up there about it. And I, the thing about this with Flores is he very much filed this knowing that it would put a dent on his career. It has to, right? It's, it's, it, it's, it's like a police officer speaking out against his colleagues. Like, Oh, you got a target on your back now forever. Right. And I do think that, that, that it's happening a little bit because look, man, if you don't think the Flores defense was good enough to hire him as your head coach, I get it. But you don't get to go hire Aaron Glenn then. <laughs> like You don't get to interview Aaron Glenn and then say, yeah, that defense had a bad three weeks at the end of the season. Come on, man. Like, that logically doesn't track. Now, the idea that Aaron Glenn is, you know, leader of men and that there's, you know, maybe traits to him that are not just how good was the defense that he coordinated, I think is probably good process. Like, you probably shouldn't just go find the best unit and hire that coordinator. That's a pretty bad way to hire a coach. Uh... But I, I think that at least kind of undoes the idea that it's just that his defense wasn't good enough. So I, I personally, I think it's a lawsuit, right? And the lawsuit did a couple things. I mean, for one, it just scares everybody off because you got this PR thing, right? Like the, the Vikings had to field questions about how they felt about hiring a coach that was actively in litigation with another team in the NFL a team that the Vikings have a pretty good relationship with, draft trades and, and stuff like that. The, the, the Vikings and Dolphins have a fairly good relationship as far as you can with an NFC-AFC team that don't really see each other a lot. And the Vikings fielded those questions and that kind of whole media cycle happened and everybody got their answers and everybody mostly moved on. But teams didn't want to deal with that, right? And so if you are somebody, especially somebody in the AFC, that's going to go against the Dolphins a whole bunch, Every game is going to be taken over by that. For me, there's not like a 
major impact that ha that has on games, right? Like it's he's gonna get some weird questions in the presser, and if you're good at not looking at headlines, which you should be, uh, then you know it's it's on you how much you can mitigate that, right? By just ignoring those headlines. But I still kind of feel you know looking at the Chargers, looking at the Raiders, uh, looking at well especially the Patriots who would play the Dolphins twice, but they're obviously already out of the they kind of had their own thing going on. But looking at, you know, the Titans and all these other AFC teams, um, there is a politics to this that isn't fair. That is, I mean, that's not anything about Brian Flores' merit as a head coach. That is not a prediction about how many wins your team would get if you hired Brian Flores. It's, I don't want to deal with the headlines. And it's not fair, but it's undeniably true that that is how NFL teams think and that's how the NFL thinks. They don't think about what's fair at all. They think about what's the best PR. Look at all of the controversies and CTE and domestic violence things that the NFL has dealt with. Every action the NFL has made that doesn't make sense makes perfect sense when you realize they were just kind of trying to steer the media. So personally, I think that it's because of the lawsuit. Now, the question then becomes, okay, well, why wasn't it about the lawsuit last year? The Cardinals asked him. Um, I think like three different teams asked him and interviewed him. The only team that I think would have been willing to hire him as the head coach was Arizona by the end of the day. Uh, you know, the Broncos did their Sean Payton thing and I forget who else it was, but I, I remember it was down to the Cardinals and the Vikings at the end. And I think to offer Brian Flores, the Cardinals were fairly desperate. They, their head coaching process went poorly. They did not get the guys that they wanted. And they ended up kind of calling up Jonathan Gannon and saying, all right, you know, they, but they were down to option four by then. You saw them, like they interviewed someone and then that guy got hired by somewhere else and interviewed someone that guy got hired by somewhere else. And I just don't think anybody in this cycle is that desperate. Everybody's ahead of the game. But I do think if we are going to lose Flores, it's either that the Raiders decide to go away from Antonio Pierce, but they, you know, Antonio Pierce takes the commander's job, but he takes two weeks to make that decision, right? Now they're just kind of like stuck in, in nowhere land. Or you get like a surprise Mike McCarthy firing and the Cowboys give him a call. Like that's the kind of thing that I need to see happening, um, which I don't think is out of the question at all. So again, I must reiterate entirely, we are not out of the woods, but... It is becoming more and more likely with each passing moment because I don't think the Falcons are going to hire Brian Flores. If they were thinking about it, they already would have requested them. And I think that makes sense for like all of the six other teams that have like requested all of their candidates. So that's where I'm at on this. Um, I don't know. Let me know what you think in the YouTube comments if you're listening on YouTube or, or just like shoot them to me. Uh, Lockdown Vikings podcast at gmail.com. You can always fill out the Google form in the show notes if you have any Twitter Tuesday questions. The, that's I, I only look at that for Twitter Tuesday questions. Some people just like share thoughts, which I do love reading, but like, dude, send me an email so I can respond to you. Um, anyways, I'll see you for that. And as always, skull.